welcome to another episode of the best goddamn sports show on stereo, the, black, the young black and bonded sports fan. I am your boy Q, and um, I am terrified of the Eagles defense. Happy to be joined tonight by by my co-host Lou and Greg. Shout out to oh boy, this is not gonna work. Yeah. We're gonna start that over. We're gonna start this over. Hold on one second. And I'm leaving in a second too, but you know what's lit. Yeah, I I feel you. I feel you. Anyway, in five, four, three, two. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Death Fair Sports Show on Stereo, the Young Black about the Sports Show. I am your boy Q. And I am absolutely terrified of the Eagles' defense. Happy to be joined tonight by my the greatest co-host I've ever known and could have, Greg and Lou. Um, shout out to Cashley. She is right now um, not well, um, dealing with uh, uh, a bout of that 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 lady that leaves their panties everywhere, aka Lady COVID. No, Cassie, please feel better. Please feel better. Please get, please get well very, very soon. Um, because we miss you, and, and we wish nothing but the best of health and everything for you. So, with that being said, what's going on, fellas? Another week of NFL football, sports, and everything that, that go, goes along with it. How was your? How was this week? How was your week? My week was bad because I lost to Lou in fantasy football. I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> you can Jesus leave it Christ. there, but I might not. He can leave it there, but I might not. <laughs> oh, I love fantasy football. I, I will say, when it, comes, when it comes to fantasy football, when it comes to fantasy football, I, will, I lost six games. Oh, not, not six. Shit. I won six. Lost one. I lost one in, in, in one of my leagues. I lost really, really bad. And um, in another, in, in my last league, the if I win or lose will depend on Monday Night Football, which is happening right now. So, Lou, if you're watching the game, I am. Um, if it, I know that the last time I looked before um, having to jump on live, it was tied 3-3. Three, three. Can you give okay, us an update of what's going on right now? <clears throat> yes. Uh, actually, right now they're just coming back from commercial break, but it is to 6-3 Dallas, and Dallas is kicking off with nine minutes left in the second quarter. All right. Thank you for that. And this game is a little bit more exciting than – uh, the Sunday night football game that happened last night, I could have. I'm just, that's, that, you know what? Let's just get into it. I mean, let's get, let's just get into it. Last night's right. Sunday night football game was so bad and was such an abomination. I fully believe that I could have had more excitement getting a root canal than watching that awful ass game. Do y'all feel the same way? Well, see, here's the thing. Yes, it was a horrible game to watch, okay? But what made it worse 
is it's not like it was like weather related. It was just like, yeah, good defenses, but just nothing exciting whatsoever in that game. Nothing. What about you? Yeah. I, um, oh, I, 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 I and you see, you hear the back, you hear the arguments in the background, but that game was, I, I literally had to drink more and thank God that my, the bartender I had was like, it's a good friend of mine that just kept pouring. Like, I see, like, he knows I hope, you know, he knows I host the sports test every week. And he was like, Q. I know you gotta. I know you gotta talk about this shit tomorrow. And I, here, here's more. Just, just here. Here's another cup. <laughs> and here's another cup. And here's another cup. <laughs> oh my god, that was the worst. Literally the fucking worst game. And I've seen some bad ones. And we're gonna talk about a bad one later in the show. That was an absolute abomination. But that game, first of all, let's just, you know what? Oh, my God. So, in that game, we had Jimmy Garoppolo making his first start in the season for the for the 49ers. Have a Dan Orlovsky moment. Stepping out of the end zone. Stepping out of the end zone and causing a safety for the team, which actually gave Denver life. And it's sad to say that it gave them for like the, the game. It was just so. It was. I cannot emphasize how ugly this game was. I cannot. I, I absolutely. I absolutely can't. What was funny about that play when he stepped out of bounds is he threw a pick six too that didn't even count. <laughs> oh my! Like. Yeah, it came. It, it came a point where I started playing bingo on my phone, and Greg, know, Greg knows how I, how much how, how I, you know, how much I love bingo because I, I would just pull out and, and like open the app and start playing it at any time. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It was that bad. It was that bad. Yeah. It was, that bad. It was that bad. And I know right now, you know, right now, Greg is at um, an undisclosed location eating 56 wings. Fuck you. <laughs> because I wanted 56 wings tonight. 56 wings tonight. But anyway, there was so much great action in week three and also a bunch of injuries. You can't, you can't downsize that. Um, but before we go further, I want to shout out the, the founder of the Sports on Stereo hashtag here on Stereo, the, the great man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Rod. Hello, good brother. Thank you for joining in and listening to us tonight. Feel free to leave your comments. Hey, hell, we might even bring you up to, 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 to join the conversation since we're, since we're a couple of man, a couple of people down. You know what? Actually, let's do that right now. Then, come on and join the conversation. I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to bring you up. (laughs) 
yeah, we, we're gonna have one of these. We're gonna have one of those shows tonight. <laughs> we're gonna have one of those Hello. shows tonight. Dan, what's good? Dan? What's up? How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing okay as a Cowboys fan. Just sweating through this one so far. So good. <laughs> oh boy, there you go. You know what? We got we got y'all next. We got y'all next Sunday. I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I am doubly afraid right now after what the Commanders put up yesterday. An absolute abomination shit show. Uh, the, the literally the like. I would have been. I would have been more happy. If the commanders would have just forfeited the damn game, because that was a disaster of a game against the Eagles. That's okay. At least the division, you know, as the NFC East, we're, we're putting up better efforts than we did a couple of years ago. I guess we can be happy of that, as hard as it is to say. Although we're setting football back right now with the 6 3 football game between the Giants and the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Absolutely. We, 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 we're definitely going to talk. Talk about uh, the what's going on right now. Uh, I guess uh, with that game as the show goes along. But it's great to have you with us. Always, always, and always uh, an amazing and awesome time whenever you're able to join us. Um, so, one, thank you. And two, let's talk some football. How about let's go to our first story? Of, well, I, I guess the second story of the night: Miami versus Buffalo. In the sauna bowl at Sunlight Stadium in Miami, Florida. Who, whoever wants to go first to talk about that game, go right ahead. <laughs> well, so full disclosure, uh, I haven't been able to watch as much football as I would have loved. Uh, Sundays have kind of been a busy time for me. I've been able, I've been forced to work more Sundays, so I, especially the one o'clock time slot, hard for me to watch. So the, what boggles my mind, and maybe you guys can fill me in. Just looking at the stats, Josh Allen passes for 400 yards. They controlled the ball for 40 minutes. Miami has the ball for 20 minutes. That's a huge disparity in time of possession. And yet somehow Miami musters up enough to win this game. Like, what happened in this game where Buffalo Buffalo controlled the ball for so long, yet could not score, could not put up any points? That's what I want to know. Okay, so I I watched the majority of that game. Um, via Red Zone, because that was one of the games that Red, Red Zone featured in the one of, in the one o'clock window. It was a, it was an amazing game. First of all, we had at least half the team on both sides that um, fell victim to heat illness. Because it was the heat index in my in Miami at Heart at Heartlight Stadium. I call it Sunlight. Sorry, at Heartlight. Hard Rock Stadium, whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> was in where's, the, where's the upper nineties. Was in the yeah, upper nineties. Yeah, it was in the upper nineties. So we had like star players going out with cramps, getting having to get IVs in the middle of the game. Um, but this was definitely a defensive matchup, and also, also. On um, so and, and, and you know and, and also there was you know injury key injuries in this game. Two tackle by Lord had an injury when he had to leave the game late in the second quarter and came back for the third quarter. And, and initially it was diagnosed as a head injury, but then Mike McDaniel said after the game that um, that Tua was dealing with a back injury. 
that's a story in itself let's be honest it, it, exactly absolutely. exactly absolutely. And, and and the best part to further it if uh you read the injury reports i guess released today no head injury on the injury report but he is dealing with lower back issues <laughs> I mean, right it, it they showed the replay of him getting hit and then when he got up and he was walking like back to the huddle or back to the line of scrimmage and he stumbled he, he, he was yeah he kind of stumbled just like anybody would if they had a concussion yeah and he continues to grab his helmet not his back now exactly maybe his back hurt so much his helmet got mis misplaced on his head i don't i don't know <laughs> It, it, yeah, that was, it, it was crazy. That was completely confusing to me. That was completely confusing to me. But we have a signature moment from that game that happened in, in the fourth quarter with about one minute and 32 seconds left. Um, Miami was punching out of the end zone. And not, no longer do we have the butt fumble. No, no, we all we always have, have the, the butt fumble. We we'll always have the butt fumble. And now we have the butt pump. Now we have the butt the, the, the butt punt. And the... Oh, my God. So, after the butt punt, which resulted in a safety, Buffalo got the ball back. Buffalo got the ball back. And the end, the ending sequence of this game will be the, one of the most confusing ones that I ever will have being an NFL fan. So the the Bills had a completion, and it was at the I think it was at what at the forty two or the forty one yard line. It was eight, it was not, uh, eleven seconds left, and the Bills could not get a snap off to to kill the clock because they had no timeouts. Um, and attempt a what would have been a sixty one sixty to sixty or sixty one yard field goal. And afterwards, so yeah, Josh Allen slamming his helmet on the ground. And then we had the Bills' new offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, destroying the press box. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I saw that too. Frustrating. Now, in watching the play, I've seen that a couple of times. Obviously, the field goal would have been a long one, would have been interesting. But do you think he's more frustrated because the receiver, I forget who caught the ball, could have possibly tried to go out of bounds? Or is it the fact that he stayed up too long? Or do you think he was just frustrated that the team couldn't get the line of scrimmage to spike the ball? Like, lots of different things that could have gone wrong there. And it as a Cowboys so fan, obviously the last uh, memory we have of our Cowboys last season is the famous Dak Prescott run up the middle, run out of, the, run out of, run out of time. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're used to this kind of uh, controversy. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a, confu- a, a, a confluence or congruence, excuse my language, um, of all things that, like Murphy's Law, what could go wrong, did go wrong. They couldn't get up to the line to, to they couldn't get up to the line to, to, to spike the ball in time, to give them time to pick a potential game winning full ball. I, it was just a, it, it was just a, it, uh, just a confluence of everything that could go wrong, of everything that could go wrong. So I, I mean, but getting from aside, getting aside from the actual gameplay, the fact that the Miami Dolphins are three and zero, 
leading the AFC East by one game over the Bills, the fact that the the Dolphins had to stage the comeback of the a comeback of the ages last week against the Baltimore Ravens, where two or three six touchdowns, giving them out like they were Halloween candy. My question is this. Is it time to regard the Miami Dolphins as true contenders or is it too early? Whoever wants to go. I think three weeks in, st- still too early. I think it's a team we've got to keep an eye on, definitely. But I think it's hard to call anyone a true contender after mm-hmm. three weeks. Just look at the fact that, you know, the Chiefs lose yesterday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers, even though one of those teams had to win yesterday, then they both kind of look like they lost that one. So some of these teams, obviously Buffalo losing teams that people thought could be the best teams in the NFL were not, uh, were not as successful as they could have been yesterday. And then if you're going to talk about the Dolphins, obviously the Fighting Irishman down there, big Eagles fan, you got to talk about his Eagles too because they look dangerous. And we're gonna very get, dangerous. Yeah, very, very dangerous. And we're going to get to the Eagles and Jalen Hurts in a second. Um, just just quickly, way overreaction. Imagine they have a Dolphins-Eagles Super Bowl. Imagine the prop bets for a Jalen Hurts to a Tungavailoa Super Bowl. Oh, and you think uh, oh, Nick, Nick Saban is enjoying that one no matter what happens? Hey, 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 hey! Watch it, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, I, I, I would, I would definitely agree with you, Dan, and say that it, you know this is definitely overreaction time. It's definitely overreaction time. But I, 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 I will say this: from what I have seen from the Dolphins so far in these three weeks, I'm very, very impressed. Very, very. Very impressed with what I've seen so far. Well, um, and, and what I wanted to say was, what, what I'm impressed by is not necessarily the game yesterday, but that comeback against Baltimore, because the Dolphins were written off in that game. Now, yesterday's game, and I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but Buffalo was missing a lot of defensive starters that, that were out yeah. for that game yesterday, also. So, uh, to me, that comeback against Baltimore was way more impressive than like holding on or you know to winning that game yesterday. So, I'm with you 100. percent I'm with you 100 percent on that. I'm with you 100 percent on that. So, getting into our next, getting into our next topic of discussion, um, I want to talk about. Actually, before we get into our next topic of discussion, I'm going to play these voice notes. So I want to hear what the people, what the masses, what the people have to say. So, here we go. Oh, man. I, thought, man, I, had, I had an alert go off on my phone telling me that Dan Rod was, uh, you know, in the lobby and talking about this trash ass game. My God. I just woke up. My fault, y'all. Uh um yeah, what's the score six to three? Yeah, this is basically what happens when you have two short armed people trying to box each other. Like this is like this is two people with legs doing hurdles. <laughs> this is I, I don't even I don't even have any more uh 
Any more jokes? But uh, that being said, a uh, fly equals fly. How about them birds, baby? <laughs> it hurts so good, don't it? I don't want to speak too crazy, but I'm I'm happy with three and zero. I'm happy where we're at. I said we need to start start scoring some points in the second half. The Eagles should stop next week. <laughs> yeah, they're playing the Jaguars, and we're gonna we're gonna get the Jaguars in a second. But I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play uh, fighting Irishman second comment, and then we're gonna talk about the Eagles, and then we're gonna also get into the Jaguars. In, in that in, in the next segment, here we go. See, I'm trying to, I try not to, because I'm, I try to be as realistic with my football teams being the Notre Dame Fighting Irishman and um, the Philadelphia Eagles. I try to be as realistic as possible. Um, you know, I had the Eagles because they had the third week. They have the third week of schedule. I had them going eleven and six. Um, I still have some, you know, concerns about Hurts. Now, this past game, you know, he didn't run that much. He didn't have to because the pass rush from Washington is just atrocious without, uh, what's his name? Chase Young. Um, and Jonathan Allen. I don't think, I don't even think he was playing or Montez Sweat. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. But with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, as long as he ain't hurt, I mean, we got a top five offense. No, you don't. <laughs> well, you know, this is what I love about the schedule, though. Obviously, the strength of schedule always based on the record from last year, and that's that's how it's always done, and teams will fluctuate up and down. I think there's no better league for parity than the NFL. The best example, you know, playoff teams, you can always pick two or three usually in a season that won't make it the next year, and two or three teams will come up and surprise you. No bigger surprise probably than the Cincinnati Bengals from a year ago. Let them be Exhibit A. But if you look at this uh, Philadelphia Eagles schedule very quickly, obviously this week they have at home the Jacksonville Jaguars. The next week on the road against the playoff team from a year ago uh, in Arizona, the Cardinals. I would argue that Jacksonville at home might be the stronger opponent then Arizona on the road a week later. Now, am I crazy in thinking that? Maybe, but also if you factor in strength of schedule, Jacksonville is one of those teams from last year that's making that schedule seem so easy. Now, is what I said about Jacksonville and Arizona, is that completely uh, crazy? Or there's a yes. to that? Well, <laughs> the one thing is the home game next week, Jacksonville is the home team, is the game is actually being, being played in London. Oh, it's in Philadelphia? Uh, Philadelphia is the home team, but yeah, if it's in London, even better. Okay, sorry. It's Arizona homer. I'm at a bar, so please forgive me. When it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, I'm not betting against them, especially against the Eagles. One bird is going to win, and it's not going to be great to this day. Secondly, when it comes to Jacksonville, let's not act like Jacksonville is not going to win. <laughs> well, Jacksonville's already up and up. Their 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 defense is playing a lot better. Uh, offense is playing a lot better. Um, th- th- that game yesterday really surprised me against uh, the Chargers. I mean, I did not see a thirty-eight to ten victory there at all. So they're on the up and up in my book. Okay, so we have several. We have we have a couple of voicemails um, that is talking about. Talking about this, so we're going to play those, and uh, then we're going to talk about the disaster in, in, in Landover that was the Eagles' commander's game. 
Jesus Christ. I got I got words. I got words for that. But here we go. Shouts out to you guys. Shouts out to you guys. Just your uh just your average Bears fan checking in right now. You know, we two one. So we're not supposed to win another game this season. And all that. I'm cool with that. I don't want to hear nothing with Buster Fields have his, have his uh, coming out party. But <clears throat> last night's game was a snooze fest. But I like when a game is when games are like that because you kind of get to see the game within the game. Like like the line. I mean, the shit that you probably should be looking for anyway. But like even more to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like just two teams who are struggling and they just find ways to stick it out. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. Um, sucks with the injuries going on right now. Uh, can somebody cut the injuries off? Somebody hit the game sliders, cut the injuries off. Uh, yeah. Shouts out to y'all. Well, we definitely appreciate the comment. And yes, the injuries is definitely injuries are definitely uh, an important storyline of the of the twenty twenty two season so far. Um. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, so I just got to say, for, for Rando as a Bears fan, you got to come in after three weeks overreaction. If the playoffs ended today, or if the season ended today, your current playoff team, the Chicago Bears, would be your seventh seed. So congratulations mm-hmm. to your Bears, two and one. <laughs> Enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, 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 and with the Bears having a fortune, your, your supposed franchise quarterback, Justin Fields, Attempt 45 passes in three games. That, that's yeah. a half of on the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good call. Too. Good call. That's a good point, man. That's a good point. All right, let's play this next one. Let's play this next one. Here we go. A lot of people are counting Jacksonville out. Jacksonville and Detroit are my sleeper teams this year. Uh-oh. Because of the coaching. And Dougie P., I mean, he won. He won us the Super Bowl, and Dougie P is. It might have been a shitty quarterback, but he he's a decent coach, and he's got Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Lawrence found his groove. I mean, I didn't think he was going to produce three tutties. There he was on the board. You know what I mean? What three hundred and something yards, three touchdowns? I mean, who would have thought? You know, Jackson will be in the position that they are in. You know. But ETN looks all right. Wide receivers look okay. Zay Jones actually produced on my bench. But um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. I ain't holding my breath, man. Every week, any given Sunday, just like my favorite football movie, any given Sunday, anything can happen. I'm going to say this, and I'm only say it one more time. I'm tired of being right. I said the same shit about Miami last year, and two of them even have a receiver last year outside of Jalen Waddle. This year he has two. He has a tight end also in Michael Secchi. He also has two running backs, even though one Chase Edmonds is bullshit. But outside of that, I already said that about Miami. But when we're talking about Jacksonville, I told everybody, go get James Robinson off of waivers. Nobody fucking believes me. Here we are. Here we fucking fair, are. I don't, think, I don't think James Robinson believed you either, but... You know. <laughs> I said you don't believe James Robinson will what? No, I don't think James Robinson believed you either. No, I'm just kidding. James Robinson, I love James Robinson. Hugh actually owes me, he already owes me money because he has two more games that he can't pick for Washington. 
He also missed the mark because he said that Jacksonville would not win more than three games, and it's going to happen, clearly. More importantly, when it comes to the Detroit Lions, Q, can I get an apology early, or do you want to wait till like, mid-season? Mid-season. Mid-season. <laughs> This season, and, and, and possibly the end of the season. God damn it! <laughs> hey, going back to the James Robinson uh, thing, is um, no, nobody like you, nobody drafted James Robinson in their fantasy leagues, uh, or if they did, they drafted him late. All right, but he's like or an RB two, yeah, or as a handcuff because he's coming back from an ACL injury and. You know, probably the worst position to have an ACL injury would be a running back. <laughs> so, uh-oh. for doing as good as he is, uh-oh, is right. Sorry, I'm, no, Trayvon Dick's grabbing his head. I don't know what happened. No, I, I wanted it too. I <laughs> uh, I see that also. Um, but yeah, but, but as far as the James Robinson thing, you know, nobody saw him producing as, you know, as well as he is right now coming back from that ACL injury. But, uh, you know, shout out to him, though. He's uh, he's doing really, really good, though. Well, just very quickly, yeah. if you want to see where Ken Dorsey right, got right, his right, fire right. from, looks like looks like Brian Dayball is probably where Ken Dorsey learned to get real upset. <laughs> oh, that wasn't good. Oh, boy. This is going to be a fun episode. I, I'm loving it. All, I'm loving it already. We have one more voicemail from... Fight Nourish Man. Um, so we're going to play this and then we're going to go and talk about the debacle and Landover. Here we go. And uh, Greg, hey, how you doing? Um, I heard you chime in and say, no, we don't not have a top five offense. You're delusional and you're probably a Cowboys fan. So, uh, you're wild if you don't think that we have a top five offense, especially we got top three offense in the first half. <laughs> we just scored some damn points oh in the second God. half. But oh regardless. Oh oh All right. So, again, I'm not, I, have to, I have to say this. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. If we're, talk, if we're talking about the importance of the first three weeks, yes, he's absolutely right. But we're also talking about the Eagles, who everybody knows – don't matter after honestly week six and there's 18 weeks so does that obviously um right now when it comes to their running back they're also doing a committee miles sanders has not played up to far Devontae yeah. smith will be exposed next week because everybody knows now it's like oh that's all you can throw to cool Jalen hurts i understand how much y'all feel like he's a good quarterback right now this is the same thing about Jack, and we can't keep him on the field the entire season. So, Jalen Hurst, unless he becomes Patrick Mahomes reincarnated, I don't believe the shit. So, as an Eagles fan, I have to respectfully say your team is honestly the best team in your division. But outside of that, in the conference, y'all are garbage. You're not going far. You're terrible. Yes, it's easy to win when you're playing the Washington. When you're going against the Washington Commanders, who literally... They threw more, like, touchdowns to your team. Can we talk about that? Also, can we talk about the fact that when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, the best thing that's come out of Philadelphia is, guess what? Delaware. Can we also talk about the fact that when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, 
the best receiver y'all had don't play for y'all. Alshon Jeffrey, right? Where's he been at? Oh, he, he even left the Eagles. It's like, this ain't it. But if we want to say that the fucking Philadelphia Eagles are top five, when I can name top five, and I'll give you another voice to know if you want. Like, I'll, I'll let you give me your top five, like, offenses. Or top five defenses, top five teams. Philly's not in there, baby. If Miami's up there, Philly's not there. Kansas City might have started off slow. They're still up there. If we're talking about Buffalo, they're up there. Do, do you want me to continue? Because trust me, there are a lot of teams right now that are one and one, and people are trying to write them off, like Arizona, obviously. Like, y'all forget, like, D-Hop is coming back in, what, three weeks? But if you want to talk about now, that's fine. But remember, week five is going to be really rough for y'all. Because there's going to be a lot of people coming off suspension. Fucking honestly, like, Gus Edwards is coming back in two weeks for Baltimore. They actually going to have a run game. Who got that? We're talking about Jacksonville, right? We can put them up there. Jacksonville's receivers are neck and neck with Philly. And they're a better team. Got a better quarterback. Truthfully, if you didn't see the picks. Did, did you see the NFL draft? Who, who was the number one pick that year? Please tell me. Please tell me. Tell me like I'm five. I'll shut up. Now tell me you're five. <laughs> but, but, but how many Batmans does Jacksonville have? That's the real question. <laughs> oh wow! Man, I'm oh my god! I'm loving this episode already. So, um, it looks like Finest Irish Man has a rebuttal to your statement, but so I'm going to play that right now. Here we go. Uh, hold on. I even said that the Eagles had the third easiest schedule. And I even said that even with that third easiest schedule that we were going to go 11 and 6, my predictions. And, I was, and I'm pretty sure I said that I wasn't even 100% sold on Jalen Hurts. As Dan Rod, I was, I, I was and still am a huge fan of Carson Wentz. I think he was dealt a shitty hand. And I think that it, had, it has mentally... Fucked up who he has, who he was in 2017, 2018. Um, but that being said, um, you're fucking high. And um, the Eagles, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess you're talking about Devontae Smith, like he's the only wide receiver we got. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we don't have A.J. Brown who drags people, grown men, five yards after catching the ball. So, you said Devontae Smith was your guy on that team. How the fuck is he your guy on that team? Like, you don't have AJ Brown. Am I retarded or is this like a conversation retarded? Like, please, like, explain this shit to me. He's talking about Devontae Smith like AJ Brown ain't there. Jalen Hurst is throwing to Devontae Smith like AJ Brown ain't there. Like, are, are, are we missing the mark here? Like, am I, am I saying something that's wrong? Like, didn't Tennessee say, you know what, we could give you him for nothing? To get thrown a ball. He went from Ryan Tannehill to Jalen Hurts. So, I mean, it's still early, like you said, three weeks in. But let me just run down y'all's schedule. You said 11 and 6. You're losing to Jacksonville next week. Easy. Arizona, I'll give you that win because guess what? They don't really have much. Cowboys, uh, I'll say they'll upset you because it's honestly a divisional game. And honestly, Philly just can't get right, especially at home. So there's that. 
um, you go to the bye week, week seven, the Steelers already think they're going to beat you. I, I just personally think this. Now, you might say, is it cocaine? Is it drugs? Something like that. Honestly, Steelers are better than they are. In my personal opinion, Texans, I'm going to give it to you. The Matters, I'm going to give it to you. The Colts, if Matt Ryan figures out that he actually still has an arm and he just doesn't have to keep looking for Julio, Green Bay, come on now, let's be serious. The Tennessee Titans, come on now, that's a win. The Giants, if they're playing like they've been playing so far this season, come on, bro, come on. Chicago, I'll give you that win. Dallas, you might win week 16 because at that point, if that's not bad, whatever. The Saints, I'll give you that one. Giants week 18, that's going to be for the playoffs. So you tell me how many games y'all honestly think you're going to win in Philly. And I'm going to shut up there. Okay. Um, any comments to that real quick before I play this last voicemail? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm just enjoying the commentary. Uh, just very quickly, gentlemen, I appreciate you calling me. As always, I love being on the show. I, I support you guys. I love all the content you bring. Um, the only thing I'm going to say is, I, obviously, I wasn't planning on uh, joining a show tonight, but I, as always, appreciative to be called up. But I'm going to have to drop out, enjoy the second half of this uh, football game, and hopefully they'll continue to score the four baseball games that are currently being played, although the Braves have won 8 nothing, So we have we have nine <laughs> points in this one, which is uh, right around where, where it should be. So we'll see. Well, Maybe we'll get on the field goal in the second half. Uh, oh, no problem, no problem, there. Thank you, thank you so much. I know this was in, I, it was impromptu bring you bring you up, but I, again, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for thank you so much for the tidbits that you were able to give. Um, go ahead and enjoy the go ahead and enjoy the rest of the game. We love you. Thank you so much. That, that's the that's <laughs> the best part of being a fan in a uh, you know very lack of offensive football game. It's enjoyable as long as your team is still winning. So we're hoping for that in the second half, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Have a good show. You guys as always. Take care. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. You too. Thank, thank you. Again, thank you so much, Dan, for, for, for joining us tonight. Um, we, yeah, we're, gonna, we're definitely going to continue this conversation. Um, and we're going to continue this back and forth between Greg and Frank Norris, man, because he has another comment. Here we go. And look, as much as I love D-Hop, and I'll probably put him in the top three um, active wide receivers, um, top three, like, best active wide receivers, um, if not the best receiver in the past couple of years. Um, I will say this. Well, a lot of people's number one pick for this fantasy year and uh, number one as a wide receiver was Justin Jefferson. And Darius Slay, all nine years of him, um, shut him down had two picks off him, multiple pass deflections. I mean, you know, you talking about exposure and shit. Our defense, I didn't think our defense was going to be as good as it is. Our defensive front is getting to the quarterback. Our linebackers, which was our weak point, our Achilles last year, they're playing pretty damn good. And who would have thought that our cornerbacks would be shutting shit down? Yes, Greg, all you. Or not. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been interesting. So, but, but, but let's, let's, let's shift this conversation. Let's shift this conversation to what happened yesterday. The disaster in Landover. 
Um, as everyone knows, I'm a, I'm a tremendous fan. But yesterday, I wouldn't. I would have been. I would have been happy if the Commanders would have forfeited this game. That's how bad this shit was, all the way, all the way around. I'm gonna read a. I'm. A, I'm gonna read a tidbit about what the offense performance, or I should say, unperformance of. <clears throat> the Washington Commanders, and especially Carson Wentz yesterday. Quote, the Eagles held Carson Wentz to 24 passing yards and registered twice as many sacks, six, by the way, as completions allowed three in the first half. Washington had minus 16 net passing yards through the first two quarters. I'm I'm ready to throw up. I'm I, I'm I'm literally like I had food poisoning last week and, and and vomited at least seven times between Monday and at least nine times between Monday and Wednesday. I did not watch that game because it was absolutely atrocious. The Washington Commanders did not show up at all. All 53 players on the active roster, the 46 that that dressed for the game, the coaching staff, the fucking owner, fuck you, Mark Daniel, Mark Snyder, by the way, no one showed up to this game. It was an abject Failure. It was an abject failure. However, my question is this, because there's been a lot of talk and a lot of arguments today that Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. So my question, my question is, are we to believe the hype that Jalen Hurts is a legitimate MVP candidate or are we just talking blowing smoke about out of our asses? And all the pundits and everyone else that talks sports and that talk football, uh, all of us just blowing smoke of our ass, out of our ass and saying, oh, Jalen Hurts is an MVP quarterback. Mind you, I get it. They're three weeks into the season and they got to face the buzzsaw that is the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars next week. But early question. Early hot takes. Is Jalen Hurts an MVP candidate? Well, y'all are going to hate me for this, especially Greg. Uh, But yes, he is. And the other thing that I'd like to say is um, now, and I hardly watched any of that Washington Philly game yesterday. Uh, what Fighting Irishman said, um, did anybody catch that Philly uh, Minnesota Vikings game last week? Philly's defense is legit. They are very, very damn good. Okay. Darius Slay is a lockdown corner. And like and like Fighting, Fighting Irishman said, their D line is getting to the quarterback. They're breaking up passes. 
now and like Q, maybe you can answer this for me. Now you, I know you said Washington played bad yesterday, but do you think any of that had to do with Philly's defense? Because, like, from like highlights and stuff that I saw, I would say yes. I'm. I mean, I didn't watch much of the game even. And everyone knows oh, okay. that I'm a commander. I didn't. Everyone knows that I'm a commander fan. I literally just watched the highlight, the the the, the moments that red zone, that Directv red zone. Shout out to, you know what? Someone listened. Someone at Directv in the NFL listened to us last week, and they knew they had to fix the shit because. They had to fix whatever problems they had week one and week two. I had a perfect experience watching uh, DirecTV's uh, Sunday Ticket Package yesterday. Okay. So shout out to that. Now, going going back and, and, and focusing directly on the game that happened, the Eagles, I, I read that tidbit to you. Right. Carson Wentz was held to 24 yards passing with six having suffered six sacks in the first half in the first half and, and that, that was what I brought up do, do you now you you as a Washington fan think that's horrible for Washington but you're not giving the Philadelphia defense any credit for that is what I'm saying no 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 I, no and at least not be right there. I'm I'm saying okay. yes. Okay. Okay. So look, so I tweeted this last night. I am absolutely frightened. Absolutely frightened about Philly's defense. Mm-hmm. They laid the smackdown on Minnesota last week. On Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. they laid the absolute smackdown. Even though they didn't score again, they didn't score in the, in the second half. But they didn't need to because why? Philly's defense had an absolute clampdown on the entire Washington Commanders team, on, on all sides of the ball, on defense, on offense, and on special teams. If I'm the NFL, I am very, very. If I'm the NFL, and I am an offensive coordinator for any team that the that the Philadelphia Eagles have to face for the rest of the season, I'm scared. I'm having nightmares at night. I'm shitting my pants during the game because that that defense, that defense is absolutely scary. It's absolutely scary. Absolutely scary. But I don't want my voice to dominate the conversation. We have one we have another voicemail from Fighting Irish Man that I'm gonna play. So we're gonna play that right now. And I'm gonna hear his take on that game. Alright. <clears throat> um as I stated before, man, I'm still not 100% sold on Jalen Hurts. And he's a phenomenal athlete. And and obviously him being the quarterback of the Eagles, I, I don't want to see any player on the Philadelphia Eagles team 
you know, be trash. You know, I don't want to wish Jalen Hurts to, you know, suck ass. But is he MVP caliber? I don't know. I mean, you know, he's proven time time and time again to me that, you know, he wants to run first and throw. And then he does what he does, you know, what he did yesterday. Throw for what? 280 something or 300 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, 340. The jury's still out. It's hard to say he's an MVP candidate. But I'll tell you right now, Josh Allen is. Josh Allen absolutely is. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 All right. So, we're, 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 oh, I, I, yeah, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> Let's move and on. And I want to, and I, and I want to, here's something that I want to talk about. I'm, um, I want to talk about coaches. Cause we had, we, we talked a lot about the games that, uh, uh, this past Sunday. We talked a lot about the games this past Sunday, but I want to also talk, and I know this might be overreaction time, but I want to have a discussion on hope on head coaches that could possibly they could very well be filling the flames under their asses as they sit down three weeks into the season. Three weeks into the season. So, so let, let's get into that discussion. And we do have another and then our next segment We'll be discussing teams that really should should tank the rest of the season because, like the the draft class coming for 2023, and especially with and especially with the quarterbacks, yeah, maybe you should tank. But let's talk about the coaches that could be filling the heat under their ass right now. The first coach I want to discuss. And there's six of us this, but we're only going to, for the sake of time, we're only going to discuss maybe three or four. The first coach that I want to talk about, I'm going to have a discussion about, is in New Orleans. The head coach of the New Orleans Saints, Dennis Allen. One would think Matt Rule will be the NFC South representative on this list. After all, the the Panthers are just one and two. And he's now 11 and 25 as the lead man of Carolina. However, Ian Rappaport of NFL, of NFL Network reported that Panthers owner David Tepper is taking a patient approach with his head coach. No move is intimate and, quote, it would take an effort to lock or a horribly embarrassing outcome to alter the court. Maybe, I should, maybe we should be adding Ron Rivera to this list. But anyway. That's a conversation for another day. Then Rule's team went out and beat the Saints 22-14 to 14 on Sunday. That's great news for Rule and potentially bad news for Dennis Allen. Every move the Saints made this offseason pointed towards them believing they didn't need to rebuild. When Sean Payton retired, they simply promoted Allen from defensive coordinator. Excuse me. They traded in part a future first-round pick, along with a future second to acquire two firsts this year from Philadelphia. 
They push their cat fathers another year down the road and are on track to be $63.8 million over the cap next season. Thus far, the bet that Allen can keep the team competitive and in win-down mode hasn't paid off. The offense has scored just 51 points in three games, and the team's only win was a one-point nail-biter against the Falcons. The fucking Falcons. Jameis Winston is playing through a back injury. He had two fumbles and threw two interceptions against the Panthers. Mind you, Jameis Winston threw three interceptions in the second half of their game last week. Allen is sticking, Jameis Allen is sticking with Jameis Winston as his starter. That could be a decision he comes to regret. So, my question is on Jameis Allen. That he deserves to be on the hot seat or shit, injuries happen. Whoever wants to go first. Seamus Winston needs to be on the hot seat because they paid Taysom Hill. I would be starting fucking Taysom Hill. I understand he's injured right now. I don't give a fuck. He needs to start. You paid him money instead of Jameson. And, I'm sorry, not Jameson. James. And you see what it's paying off to be. Jameis needs to be in the hot seat because he won that in the offseason and it doesn't look like it. The Saints are a really good, bad team. A really good, bad team. But if we're going to also place blame, can I just say this without being a complete dickhead about it? Alvin Kamara is no longer as good as everybody thought he was. Mmm. That's interesting. That's, not, that's a good well, take. That, that is definitely your take. Lou, what do you... Um, what, what, what do you okay, as, as far as him being on a hot seat now, uh, his starting quarterback is injured, his backup quarterback's injured, um, and Kamara's injured. Uh, Kamara's been... But also remember, but, 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 but I'm, I don't mean to cut, cut you off, but I, I need to stop you right there and say, who... Because Taysom Hill is not a quarterback this season. He is a tight end. Okay. Do you, do you, do you know who, who the Saints' backup quarterback is? I do not. Taysom Sexy Red himself, himself, Andrew Dalton. You know what? This is the end of the podcast. Thank you guys for coming. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy Dalton is Jameis' backup. So... If you are Dennis Allen, do you do you say you know what? Do we let? Do I start Andy Dalton for the next few weeks and let Jameis sit down and get himself get himself filled and recovered? Or Dennis Allen needs to be fired? No, he doesn't deserve to be fired. Not after three weeks. There, there's just absolutely no way. Now. <laughs> Does an injured Jameis Winston give you a better chance to win? Absolutely not. So why not go ahead and start Andy Dalton? I mean, to me, that would be the, the smart move. But that's why I'm sitting here behind this microphone and <laughs> not on the NFL field. And not the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Right. I get right. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we're going to get into our next um, hot seat candidate in a second, but I do want to play this voicemail. Um, I do want to play this voicemail from 
from Fight Knowledge Man, the last four show that he left. So I'm going to play this now, and then we're going to get into our next hot seat candidate. Here we go. All right, well, it's been fun, but I'm taking my fat ass to bed. So Q, Lou, and Greg, it was a pleasure talking to you boys. I gave each of y'all a follow, and uh, I'll see y'all around, man. Good luck to your teams. Good luck to your fantasy teams. Good luck to your DraftKings. I got 11 lineups and tonight's DraftKings, and only one of them's winning money. Pretty pathetic. <laughs> but I'm taking my big ass to bed. Uh, yeah, I pray everyone has a good uh, Tuesday. Peace. Um, hold on. Shout out, shout out to him. He said 11 lineup. He sounds a lot like me. I like him. I really fuck with him. Can I ask y'all a question? Since we're talking Go about ahead. DFS, because you know you guys haven't done the DFS section in a while. Who is the stud of DFS so far this year? Um, Go ahead. Uh, well... Sur- well, no, not surprisingly, Lamar Jackson, um, Justin Jefferson. Because besides these past two weeks, he was anyway. Uh, Tua, with just that game in Baltimore, he he put himself up there. Um, yeah, I see. Like your stud running backs aren't really performing like they should. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah, like he said, Alvin Kamara. So, but yeah, I'd probably put Lamar Jackson up there as number one. Yeah, I mean, can I just mention uh, two? Right. Sure. Right. James Robinson, oh, Saquon yeah. Barkley. Ironically, even though I feel like he's overpaid for, you know, he's overvalued. Aaron Rodgers. Surprisingly, has been really good in DFS from what everybody is saying. And finally, for me, I, I personally think he's really good for DFS. Is DK Metcalf? He has shown that he can do it without rust, even on a terrible team. And according to DFS, he's actually—I think he's like the number six or number seventh receiver that needs like is the most ranked in points. So he's worthwhile. Unlike Debo Samuel, who was ranked to be number three. At the beginning of DFS, which is crazy. So take that for what you will. Okay. Very, very, very good points um, on on both ends. I'm gonna reserve comment until um, until week four. Until after week four. Um, but the next coach on my list, Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks. When the Seattle Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson this offseason, it was an acknowledgement that a fun era of Seahawks football was over. After the season, it's beginning to become apparent the next era might need to start with a new head coach. There's no denying that Pete Carroll is the most successful coach in Seattle history. And the opening win over Wilson and Ben Broncos appeared to be a sign that Carroll could be the man to rebuild this roster and compete again. Two weeks later, it's clear that is not the case. While the offense has done well considering Geno Smith is the starting quarterback, the defense is the worst it has been during his tenure. After a hot start, hot start against the Broncos, they've given up 54 points over the last two weeks. 
they made Cordero Patterson look like one of the best running backs in the league with 141 yards and 17 carries. Then there was fourth and two. There was a fourth and two on the seven yard line with Carroll elected to kick a field goal rather than keep the drive alive inside the tent. After the game, Carroll said they were, quote, a little out of whack, unquote, per Greg Bell of the Seattle News Tribune. Pete Carroll is 71 years old and is showing signs of losing his fastball. There's a high likelihood the Seahawks are breaking in a new a new young quarterback next season. If Carroll doesn't get this on the round, he'll be passing the torch to a new head coach by season's end. Pete Carroll, on the hot seat or over-exaggeration? Whoever wants to go first. Pete Carroll's done. He's been done. If he doesn't retire by the end of the season, they'll fire him. Okay. Good point. And I agree with you 100%. Greg, if you want to add something to this conversation, go ahead. If not, we'll move on to the next coach. Okay, we're moving on to the next coach. <laughs> <laughs> and the next coach that we're going to discuss <clears throat> may be on the hot, who may, whose seat may be a lot warmer than we thought is Cliff Kingsbury of the Arizona Cardinals. That'll get him talking. <laughs> hmm. Cliff Kingsbury's teams have struggled to keep the momentum of hot, hot starts throughout the season. That won't be an issue this year. Kingsbury's team is looking at a one and two start. Actually, they are one and two, and the and the one in that record didn't come easy. Kyler Murray had to run almost an entire football field just to get a two point conversion, and had to run another touchdown in as time expired to force to force overtime before a fifty yard. 59-yard fumble recovery won them the game. Meanwhile, the two losses have been convincing. The Cardinals' minus 25-point differential is worse than all but three teams in the league right now. Kingsbury is 25-26-1 as the head coach in Arizona. However, when taking last season's second-half swoon into account, he is just Three and seven in his last 10 games, he has coached. Kingsbury went 35 and 40 as the head coach at Texas Tech. There were reasons you could spend, there were reasons you could spend that record positively given the Red Raiders' resources compared to others in the Big 12. But at some point, you are what your record says you are. Shout out to that famous quote by the late Dennis Green. We are who we thought we were. So, Cliff Kingsbury, on the hot seat, or it's just an early season aberration and overreaction? Overreaction. My opinion, very, very, very much an overreaction. Greg, anything you want to add? Absolutely not. 
Actually, I will add something. I will add something before I step out. So when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury, my issue has always been, I always thought it was the Arizona Cardinals. It's just the coaches. They pick really shitty coaches that they think are really good, um, including Bruce Arians. Now, somebody say Bruce Arians is a good coach. No, Bruce Arians is a good game manager. When it comes to actual football, like he needs a quarterback who knows what the fuck they're doing. That's why they got him up out of there with Kyler Murray. They're like, no, you know what? This ain't going to work. You go and deal with Brady. When Brady said, you know what? He's actually not a good coach. You know what Brady did? He retired, and then Bruce Arians got fired or decided he was going to leave, and then Brady came back. Brady already knew for a fact that he didn't want to play with Bruce Arians, so he pulled the whole I'm going to retire card, and then the moment... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. That Bruce Arians left, guess who's back? Brady. Nobody likes playing with Bruce Arians. Well, you know for a fact that Larry Fitzgerald will tell you that Bruce Arians is a bad coach. That's a bad thing. So it was Bruce Arians. You got that. But then when you got Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury is like Kyle Shanahan like like, he doesn't know if he wants to be an offensive or a defensive coach. And that's going to be his detriment as long as he's with Arizona. Arizona has historically been a defensive team. And the issue with them no longer being a defensive team is just like the Legion of Boom. You haven't drafted properly and you haven't gotten free agents to facilitate what you've got on your team. Kyler Murray has a bunch of fucking offense. But there's a bunch of offense, but he doesn't have people who can stay healthy. It's like the 49ers in the receiving core for Arizona that the 49ers have with their run game. Arizona's receivers can't stay healthy. Rondell Moore can't stay healthy. A.J. Green can't stay healthy. When you had D-Hop, he, you know, he suspended. You, I already talked about Rondell Moore. And you got uh, Marquise Brown, who also has like lingering injuries still from Baltimore. So it's always an issue when it comes to them. I'm sorry, I'm still about to leave the bar, so forgive the audio right now. This is great talk. But... Cliff Kingsbury, at the end of the day, is not a good coach. He's a good offensive coordinator. He's a good, like, facilitator of offense when it comes to being a head coach. If Arizona doesn't win more than nine games, he's on the chopping block. So fuck him. All right. Um, those are excellent, great points. Those are excellent, great points. I'm going to move to our last, the last coach that we're going to talk about. The Washington Commanders. Oh, no, oh, no, I was going there. I'm going there. The last coach that we're going to talk about, there's six coaches on this list. Actually, when I say this article to talk about tonight, there was only four coaches on the list. Ron Rivera is a new addition to the list. In most cases, year three is when you should see real improvement made for a new head coach. The first year can be all about instilling a culture. Year two generally sees the coach breaking in a lot of new personnel. But the third year is when you start running out of justification and there is no growth. Ron Rivera's Washington tenure is now in his third year and is not looking like there is a ton of growth throughout through the first three games. 
there's talent to be excited about. Shahan Dotson has showcased some big playability, and I've said, and I'm going to remain on this fact until the end of the season, that Jahan Dotson is going to be the NFC, the NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's just me as a fan, and how much, and the tape that I saw at, him at Penn State, and what I've seen the first two weeks of the season. Curtis, Curtis Samuel looks rejuvenated, and Terry McLaurin remains a number one wide receiver talent. Yet, the commander's offense put up just eight points in a loss to the Eagles in week three. Even when the offense was firing against the, against the Detroit Lions in week two, the defense was giving up eight yards a carry and 191 yards rushing. In other words, one side of the ball has laid an egg in each of the last two games. This is Rivera's 12th season as a head coach in the NFL. Thus far, he has put, he's put together three, let me say that again, three winning seasons. If the commanders can't start putting, putting together good games on both sides of the ball, he isn't going to get his fourth. That will be three losing seasons and three tries with the commanders and could be enough to end his tenure. Ron Rivera, is he on the hot seat or over early regular season overreaction? Go. Let's start let's start with you, Q. Why well, we gotta start? Let's start with the guy yeah. who's the fan of them. That's let's exactly go, what I was gonna say. I'm gonna say this. I'm getting concerned. Have I lost faith in Ron Rivera? Not yet. Is faith? Am I losing faith in Ron Rivera? It's slowly creeping in. But I go back to the point that I made earlier in in this episode, earlier in this show, that the entire team failed to show up yesterday. As a layman fan, you would think, oh, that's on the head coach. And yes, in a way that is. But we ran into a buzzsaw, buzzsaw yesterday with the, with the Eagles. The Lions, that's a whole other different story. That's a whole, that's a whole different story. You know, that, I'm going to say that's a whole different story. But if we, if I see the same effort next week against the Dallas shit fox that they had last this this past Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles, I will be the first one to loudly call for Ron Rivera to get fired. That's my take. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm going to just give my take real quick. And thank you for a quiet room. I apologize for the audio earlier. Here we go. Um, the only thing Ron Rivera is at fault for is not going after Cam Newton when he was supposed to. Cam Newton had three good seasons in him. And two of those years were years that honestly Washington could have been in the playoffs in a high seed. Keyword there, high seed. Last year, high seed. The year before that, high seed. The issue with Ron Rivera is Rod, uh, Ron Rivera just doesn't have 
the same opportunities because he has a short leash. He's not Dan Snyder's favorite. He was who was available at the time that was appropriate for the budget. I know how fucked up that might sound, but it's true. Every time I think about Ron Rivera, I'm like, yo, like, Ron Rivera definitely could be a coach in Minnesota and be a playoff team. He could definitely be a coach in Miami and be a playoff team. But he's just Ron Rivera who coaches for Washington. They even gave him Curtis Samuel as if, like, that was, like, a trophy. Like, Curtis Samuel has been injured more than fucking Brock Lesnar has, like, held the fucking title for the WWE longer than Roman Reigns. You know what I'm doing here with the wrestling references, right? But longer than fucking Roman Reigns has, like, held the fucking title. My issue with the Washington Commanders starts and ends with the fucking Washington Commanders. They like to be that Keanu Reeves movie, The Replacements. They like to have a bunch of people who are quality players that nobody knows or nobody cares about, and they'll actually do good. And it's like, okay, good. They, they did good. Congrats. You're supposed to do good. When I talk to my daughter, I'm like, oh, like you're supposed to have a good day. You're supposed to do good in school. Like that's, that's the ultimate goal. So when you don't do good, yes, I'm looking at you like, why didn't you do good? It's that easy. All you have to do is just like do what you're supposed to do. Washington doesn't do what they're supposed to do. And it's not because of Ron Rivera. Washington doesn't do good because of fucking Daniel Snyder. Daniel has the fucking money. He has the opportunity to make the team what the fuck it is. The issue has never been Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera made that receiving core better. He made that uh, running back core, uh, core better. He went and said, you know what? We're going to go and improve with Logan Thomas. He did that. Can you imagine if Washington still had fucking Jordan Reed? You should be thinking Ron Rivera. It could be much worse. He went and got Chase Young because he wanted to be better. Ron Rivera knows what he's doing. The issue is, I don't know if Albert Hainsworth is still on the books. I think he's off of it the past two years. But when it comes to Washington, Daniel Snyder has said, you know what? We don't want to pay for marquee names, but we also just don't want to pay people who are good. How many free agents did Daniel Snyder say he could have paid for and he didn't? It starts and ends with him. Ron Rivera is no longer on my chopping block, regardless of what the season is. It's a dead season for Washington to begin with and with three seasons in, mainly because Ron Rivera didn't have the rights to pick the people that he wanted to pick. And I'll leave it there. All right. That's, that's, those, are some, those are some very, very good points. Lou, what do you have to say? Um, okay. And when you first started reading, like, the the article, uh, the commanders, okay, about Rod Rivera, how many years has he been in Washington as head coach right now? This is, this is his third season. Okay. His first season there, who was his, who was the starting quarterback? First season? Yes. Uh, first season, Cal Allen. Okay. Who was his starting quarterback in season two? It was, it, it was, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then it became, <sighs> and then it became Alex Smith. Okay. And who was his quarterback in season three? Carson Wentz. Enough said. How are you going to build a culture? How are you going to get a consistency from your offense when you have three 
four different starting quarterbacks in three years. So does he deserve to be fired? No. Not at all. Okay. Great. Great. Excellent point. Last thing, last thing. I'm sorry. I have to say this. I have to say this because you would mention Carson Wentz, and I didn't mention Carson Wentz. I also didn't mention Ryan Fitzpatrick, but we're going to act like that didn't happen, okay? That just never happened. Carson Wentz was Daniel Snyder's way of saying, fuck the NFC East. That was his way of hopefully saying that, you know what? We can do better with Carson Wentz than the Eagles did. And in my personal opinion, that's how it felt. He said, you know what? We can make him something. If the Colts can't make you something and they had the best running back last year, chances are you actually are garbage. The issue is it took Carson Wentz three teams officially to find out that, you know what? You are Baker Mayfield with the Super Bowl ring. I'll leave that there. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> that's all. Wow. That's, all. that's literally all. That's, that's, that's my reaction and that's my uh, rebuttal. Wow. Just, yeah. Wow. All right. Those are some great NFL conversations. Um, I'm, there's plenty more that we can talk about the NFL, but I want to move us along and I want to talk about an important, some important NBA stories. And really, just one very important NBA story. And it talks about, like, conversations that we've had both here on the sports desk, also on Young Black and Fathers, about mental health. About mental health. And and the focus of this topic in the the, the NBA is about John Wall. It's about John Wall. And... We know the struggles that John Wall has had over the past three to four years, dealing with injuries and all these other things. Um, last year, the Rockets play, paid him not to play, and now he's with the Los Angeles Clippers. But I want to talk about and and I know there's a, like I said, there's another NFL story. And it goes back to Daniel Mark Snyder, and maybe the NFL may doing what what Phoenix Suns did, uh, what the NBA did with with the owner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, Robert Sauber, and and forcing him to sell the team. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, I want to go back. So four days ago, on uh, I believe it was Thursday, John Wall published an article, published a story in the Players Tribune, in the, in the Players Tribune about his struggles with mental health and how he was inches away from committing suicide. And I'm just going to read the article. I'm not going to... I have the Players Tribune article up, but I'm going to read the Bleacher article the Bleacher Report article just describing what he wrote. And then we can continue the conversation from there. Here we go. Los Angeles Clippers guard John Wall detailed his experience suffering from suicidal thoughts in an essay from the for the trip for the players to be 
published on Thursday. It was four, four days ago. The first pertinent quote is this. And it's a quote. One night after all my homies had left, and it was just me sitting there all alone with my thoughts running wild, I got about as close as you can get to making an unfortunate decision and leaving this earth. Only by the grace of God and the love of my son, I am still here to tell my story, unquote. Wall explained, John Wall explained his low point came after his mother died in 2019. The five-time, the five-time NBA All-Star said he was riding high in 2017 as a superstar on the court while earning a contract extension, a supermax contract extension, by the way, with the Washington Wizards. But his life changed significantly over the next few years. He says, quote, I tore my Achilles and lost the only sanctuary I ever known, the game of basketball. I ended up with such a bad infection from the surgeries that I nearly had to have my foot amputated. A year later, I lost my best friend in the whole world, my mom, to breast cancer. Unquote. Wall detailed these struggles with Donald Ware of Box to Row Radio in August, calling it the darkest place he's ever been in. The 2000 number 10, the 2010 number one overall graphic spent his first nine seasons with the Wizards, but injuries have derailed his career and he has played just 72 games over the last four years. He was traded to the Houston Rockets in 2020 before sitting out all last season. It led to unrest in his personal life, which was only exacerbated by losing his mother. Wall's father also died when he was just nine years old. John Wall said, quote, money and fame don't mean shit if you don't have peace in your life, unquote. Wall was finally able to get himself back on track mentally after telling someone in his inner circle that he needed help. He saw a therapist, which he believes helped slowly turn things around. The 32-year-old is set to return to the court this season after signing a deal with the Clippers. Quote, I've been through some of the darkest times you can imagine. And yo, I'm still here, Mental health has been something that I have struggled with in my life. It's something I have struggled with in the past 10 years. My mom passed away 10 years ago. Greg knows personally of the struggle that I've gone through with these last 10 years without the guidance of my mother. Yes, Greg's, you know, his mom and his grandmother have served very, very admirably, and I thank them, I thank them eternally for being the grandmother and the mother that I have missed. My grandmother passed away 22 years ago. My mother, you know, next, this November, November 9th will be 10 years since my mom passed away. 
I have been there. I have been there and I empathize and I understand everything that John Wall has gone through, losing his best friend. Because my mother was my best friend. My mother, you know, I can talk days about my mom. I can, you know, you know, she's she went through a lot of hardships in her life. She was a you know, a, you know, went through the grips of addiction. But my mom was my best friend and I miss her immensely. I miss her so much. So, and when she passed away, that was one of the darkest moments of my life. And it continues to be so even 10 years later. I want to I want to open up this conversation and, and if you're listening live on stereo right now or even if you're listening to the recording after we publish this episode I want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your thoughts. Okay. I'll go first because go ahead whatever. Um my condolences to John Wall for everything that he's lost and how he feels with his mental health. Um, I'll leave that there. Um, when it comes to everything else, I have nothing positive to say. Um, I, I feel like Stephen A. Smith <laughs> when it comes to this, because I, I understand and I sympathize, but we also have to start calling things things when they are that. Um, when it comes to him, and I, I don't want to like overtake the stage when it comes to this, it just feels like for me q now i'm not speaking for q i'm not speaking for lou i'm speaking for me as somebody who acknowledges what it is versus what he's saying outside of mental health and i'm not speaking for him this is just me seeing what it is john wall grew up I don't know how to like put that in any other words. John Wall, his entire career has been babied. If it wasn't for the Washington Wizards, Washington Bullets, whatever. If it wasn't for the Wizards, if it wasn't for even the Houston Rockets, or even he, like, or Kentucky, or Kentucky, or, or Kentucky, John Wall has been babied his entire fucking career to the point where, like, Washington didn't really even want to give him up. They were like, no, we'd rather pay you to ruin our team. You're ruining the salary cap. You're ruining all these things for us. And then they realized like, yo, it's either him or the next guy that honestly, in my personal opinion, they need to go ahead and try to sell to the highest bidder. And they said, you know what? We'll keep off for one more year. And then we're going to give him away to Houston for somebody who had an even worse contract. And it's like, okay, so you guys, you clearly didn't get the memo. Like we're trying to actually get off the books and you're just like, you know what? We'll just keep taking on money because we're Washington. But when it comes to John wall, I don't even want to speak on his mental health. I don't want to speak on that because that's his journey. That's his fight. And I understand that, but I'm not going to sit here and act like John wall didn't just grow up two seasons ago when he realized that, you know what? It could all be gone. There are more players than John wall who realize that, you know what? I'm 30. I'm getting towards the tail end of my career. I have played injuries the entire fucking career that I've had. And you know what? This might be my last ditch effort. 
John Wall knows for a fact that he's literally milked every team that he's been on since he literally left Kentucky. If we can be completely honest here, I hate to be that guy, but it is the fucking truth. And the reason why I say that is because I also lived through the Gilbert Arenas era where he tried to pull the same shit where he's like, you know what? I've grown up since it's like, no, you didn't grow up. You realize that, you know what? Nobody wants to touch you. You're retroactive. John Wall could have went to any other fucking team two seasons ago. And he said he wanted to go to Houston. Why? Because he thought that, you know, he could replace James Harden with the party. He was going out to parties every fucking day. That wasn't growing up to me. That wasn't maturing to me. That's you literally trying to live out the last couple of years. Now, somebody would say that's trauma. That's him dealing with the grief of his mom and his families and stuff like that. And that might be true. So I have to pose the question of why now? Is it because you've grown up or is it because you've realized finally that, you know what? You're 32 years old and you can't be that guy hanging out at the club the night after the game. You can't be that guy who's just, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to just show up to, you know, training camp 26 pounds overweight and just lose it during, you know, during the camp. I'm only speaking to, I'm not speaking to the mental health. I'm not speaking to him as a person. I'm speaking to John Wall, the player. John Wall knows where his bread is buttered. And he also realized, like, unless he's going to play for fucking Sacramento next year, this is it. This is literally it. He has, he's in the He's in the best position he will probably ever be in in his entire career. The Clippers have every opportunity in the world to be the best team they can possibly be. So I understood everything you said and I sympathized Q, but I also have to be that person who's like, you know what? Like, I'm tired of hearing sob stories. I'm tired of hearing people towards the end realizing like, you know what? Like, I could have done a little bit more. Like, you know, at 32, you could have been, you could have done a little bit more. At 32, after you've made roughly what, like $70 million, like, oh, now I can do a little bit more? When you realize, like, you know what, after this, you know what, I, I, I don't have ball anymore. So you had said something really potent that mattered to me, and I will mention this when it comes to the family. You realize that, like, once yeah. his mom left, once his mom passed away, that it, that was, like, basketball was a saving grace. That, that was something that it mattered to him the most. You, you, you just realize that? You you've been playing since you were what nineteen seven what seventeen eighteen nineteen no. at least in the league no uh, a long a long time before that but yeah you're, you're yeah, making but, a great but, point like, yeah so, so I'm I'm just I'm really convinced and you know I, I apologize to anybody who feels like Greg's being an asshole here but how many st- like didn't we just deal with um like Antonio Brown saying how much football mattered to him and he just fucking walked off like he literally just quit. Like there, we we have to get to a point where it's like okay, like we have to separate the player from the the individual. Like okay, the player on the court, they are a fucking head case. Kyrie Irving is a fucking head case. When he talks, I listen because I'm like, yo, he's actually making some valid points. But then you can make valid points and be absolutely wrong in everything else. John Wall, to me, in my personal opinion, is the exact same way. You can't go and say like, oh, well, I'm going to be a better player this year, blah 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 blah. And I get it, injuries do happen. But also, let's not forget how he got the most recent injury he had. Partying in his kitchen. D- did we forget this shit? This was what, like, what, two seasons, a season and a half ago? Lou, am I, am I tripping by saying this shit? Like, it's not like he was on the court and caught this injury. He literally caught the injury, partying in his kitchen. Yep. Like, we, we have to stop acting like these motherfucking players are just, like, just out here, like, you know, like, not trying to like game the system. 
You literally went from Washington to Houston and then went from Houston to a better position. So what happens this year when he's like, you know what? Like, I'm only going to play 16 games or he, he re-injures an injury. Like Penny Hardaway, I get it. He got re-injured. And he's like, you know what? This isn't it for me. I understand that's his love of basketball and stuff like that. But where, where in the fuck was that love for 16 years, for 16 seasons? You know where it was at? At the fucking nightclub, at the bar. Because you were John Wall. You were the partier. You were that guy in Washington. When he was in Houston, he was like, all right, cool. I can still go party and be that guy. Now, I'm sure if I ever met him, I would feel bad for saying this shit, but I would definitely be that person who's like, yo, imagine being a John Wall fan and you can't enjoy him because, you know what? You spent $70, $80 on a ticket. He's not injured. He's at the fucking bar. I I live with that shit with Adam Iverson, both in Philly and in Denver. Q will attest to the shit. We were out the same night. I told Q, I was like, yo, isn't that Allen Iverson? And he was like, yeah, Q. He was like, yeah, Greg, that, that's Allen Iverson right there. He's out there doing the fucking bachata. Like, at some point, we, we just gotta, we gotta start calling the thing a thing, bro. And it, it really upsets me because I understand what Q led with that. It's just really disheartening to know that I'm gonna be perceived as an asshole for telling the fucking truth. Some of these players, they like to play on a narrative. His family, no, all that I, shit is so, no, oh, no, so oh, go ahead, let, go me, ahead. let me, no, let me stop you right there. You're, you're not going to receive him as, as an asshole. I brought this up exactly for what you just said. We have to start having these conversations, especially exactly. when it comes to athletes. Like, I can't say, and I'm, I can't say, you can't say, Lou. Or neither can Greg say, oh, I can just sit around, you know, all of that. We have families, we have kids, you know. There was a lot of, and let me say this, definitely read his article, read this, the essay that he posted on the spread from the Players Review, and maybe you may, and maybe you might have a different opinion from what we're saying. I'm saying as someone who lost his mom, who lost their mom, and as someone, and as someone that has experienced the same kind of suicidal thoughts because my mom's not here no more. Like, you know, let's just keep it a hundred. You know, I, I said earlier that, that Greg's mom is the Dr. Mio's mom. And yes, I love her. To, I love her to death. I would I would take a bullet and everything for her. But it's nothing like your birth mom. Regardless of whatever has gone through in life. You, you know, in life. But I was... But I also agree with everything that Greg is saying because it comes to a point where, all right, it's time to move on. It, it, you know, and you cannot continue to use that as a crutch. And you cannot continue to say, all right, yeah, you know, all the, everything, basically everything that he said, you cannot continue to do that anymore. I, I just need to know. No, hold I on, hold on. Let me, go ahead, go ahead. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. John Wall had, you know, because 
Fran- Francis Foley, his mom, passed away three years ago. So I, I get where John Wall's coming from because that wound is fresh. That's like pouring salt on it and then like thinking that the, the, the blood is going to stop flowing. That, no, it's fresh. However, it comes to a point. It comes to a point. And here's me now thinking, you know, it, it like when people listen to this episode that I'm being the asshole, but it's not. It comes to a point where as a father, as a father, John Wall has two two, maybe two. I, I know he has at least two, maybe three sons. But as a father, you have to come to the point where it's it's not about you. And Greg, you know I, I have said that to you plenty of times. And I and people have said that to me plenty of times. It's not about you anymore. When people call me, the first thing they said, how are the kids doing? Then is, oh, how are you how are you doing? You have to think about your children. And I'm gonna land by saying this, I'm, go ahead, I, go I ahead. know what you're saying. I'm gonna just say this and it's a sentence. Go ahead, go I ahead. Sympa- go ahead. I sympathize with trauma, but there should be some therapy attached. Everything else that you say, Q, about him, I sympathize with. I'm on a sports desk talking sports. I, I can't try to conflate the two when it comes to that. But when it comes to John Wall, all I know from John Wall is what I'm presented. Could he be a changed man? Yes. But like you said, his mom passed away three years ago, and I'm not even going to add that element to it. Have you seen a change in John Wall in three years? I'll land. Ooh. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a that's a deep question. And I was <coughs> that's a deep question. That's a very, very and deep when question. I, now and let me let me Sorry. just add some spice to that. Because somebody's even like, he could have changed, you don't know him. I'm not talking about John Walter, man. I keep trying to separate that because somebody's going to try to make it seem like you're okay, talking about John Walter, the athlete, athlete. Like, okay. ha- has he taken that that trauma in his life and say, you know, what? I'm going to apply this to the court and be the best me that I can possibly be? Can you comfortably say that? Can you comfortably say that John Wall in the past three years? Not, I don't even want to say three years because I don't want to make it seem like it's his mom. In the last year, has John Wall? Been somebody who you say, you know what? He's made an improvement on his life on and off the court that justify the position he's in now. Did John Wall play good enough in Houston that they said, you know what? You can leave Houston and go to a better team. Have you seen it? Because I'm looking. On that on that question, on that question, no. But there's a caveat to that. Houston didn't allow him to do so because Houston was thinking about their youth movement and rebuilding. Q, that's an so there's, there's, uh, I, I get that it may be seen as, as an excuse, but it's, it, and I and I really don't want to both sides I don't want to both sides this situation, but to your argument, no. It hasn't been there. 
and, and we and we both may be completely wrong, and we both may be completely right. But from the body of work, things that we can see, things that we can see with our own two eyes, no, no, it hasn't been. It, it hasn't. Lou, do you have anything you want to add uh, to add to this discussion? Or? No, you 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 guys have put it all plain and clear out there for everyone to see and hear. So, uh, I mean, do you the only thing that <clears throat> the only thing that I'll add, and I'm just going to speak on a on a mental health, uh, you know, wave here is that you know if, if you ever feel that way. Call somebody. It, it, it don't matter if it's somebody you haven't talked to in three years, or someone you just talked to ten minutes ago. Just if you ever feel that way, just, just call somebody, text somebody. You know, just tell them you just you you need someone to listen. That's, that's all. Absolutely. So, and, and, and like I I I I understand what you were where it came from because I I had those same thoughts in my in my head when I first read that that article. But I also like if if we just if we want to remove like the human the 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 human element from this, and you know the mental health element, which we shouldn't, but we are a sports podcast and it, you know that's our job to push the envelope what we saw in real time in terms of John Wall's playing career it's like dude what the fuck are you saying I get the I get the human element I had like I literally had this conversation with a good friend of mine like it, it, on, on Saturday and it turned into it turned into for both of us an impromptu uh, counseling session. This is a very, very difficult subject to talk about, but it, it, you know it's a very, very difficult subject to talk about because it, because like things that people go through in their mental health, we can you know we let's just bring it back to the show. We talked about Ben Simmons' ordeal, whatever he was going through last year. And, you know, these are a lot of the conversations that we had about him last year. But I wanted to bring this up tonight. I wanted to bring this up tonight. And, and honestly, like, we had, there, there are other stories that I want to talk about. But uh, first of all, my phone's at 25%. So I'm going to say this last. Thank this, you. Hold on, Gray, before you do. Before you do. Mm-hmm. Before you do. Where. <laughs> thank you, dumbasses on, on motorcycles. But I wanted to bring this up tonight because. I want this to be an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. I want this to be an ongoing conversation because that's how much important mental health is. So let's well, just let's just remo- let's let's remove the player and talk about the person. I, I know mm-hmm. we've all 
Q, and, and I gotta cut you off. I gotta cut you off for there. The reason ahead, I say that is because none of us are licensed to talk about mental health. That's why I keep trying to like emphasize sports. This is the sports desk. We are not therapists. We are not licensed clin you know clinicians when it comes to like you know that aspect of it. So no, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, and I personally feel like we should not. Because if anybody were to ever hear this, like, and say, you know what, like, we're talking about mental health as if we know, like, people are going through their own personal traumas, including him, talking about John Wall or anybody else, even yourself and I, like, we we have our own traumas that we deal with. So, no, I'm not, I'm not going for it. I'm not going for it. No, no, and I I, I understand your point completely, but... I want my goal in this conversation is just to open up the conversation, to open up the conversation so that one, so that one, as a society, we stop treating mental ill, you know, mental health or mental illness or whatever as a taboo subject and that. The co- and, and that the conversation that we're having right now can be a meaningful conversation for someone that may need it. That's my goal. That's my only goal. In this. I'm not. I am not an expert. I do not have a counseling degree. I have an education degree, and I have an education. I have an education degree. And yes, you know, teachers, we have to take on 19 different roles in our job. But I just wanted to have to open the conversation to keep it going because it's such a, it's such an extremely important subject that not, and I don't want to bring race into it and everything, but just as black people. Just no cue. And as, no. And, uh, hold, 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 no, hold, hold on. As black people, and as a in one, and as a society in general, we discount, treat as taboo, don't think about until it hits home. We need to we need to engage the conversation where this is something that people, us, everyone discuss, talk about, and make mainstream because it's such an important topic. That's it, and that's all. That's that's where I that that's where I was that's where I wanted to lead us. We're all and we're and I can say that we are moving in that just this this episode alone, we're moving in that conversation because this is something that we need to talk about all the time. Let's this just end it. That. Let, let, let's this move on, Q. Let's move on, Q. Yeah. Please. And, 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 and I'm going to leave and I'm going to... Let's move on, Q. Let's move on, Q. No, no. Just listen. You're absolutely right and we're going to move on from there. There were so many other topics that we wanted to talk about, but it is approaching 11 o'clock and my phone's about to die. So, on that sense, we will get... We, there was there will be so much more that we will talk about next week on next week's sports test. But for now, I want to move to the award section of the show, the last segment of the show, the award section. So, who wants to go first? Who has awards for this week? 
I, yeah. I don't have any. This it's all you, Greg. I, I got nothing. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Wow. That that was heavy. Let's never do that again. All right. So when it comes <laughs> to the awards, um, the Adam Gates Why Are You Still Here Award is going to the New York Jets because um they should easily be three and zero right now. But there's that. Um, the Lord Shemeke the Streets Award. I'm actually going to give that to LeBron because he posted a photo three days ago of him rocking the baldy and i said you know what if lebron is going bald this year then so the fuck shall i if he shows up and you know pre-camp and he has the baldy I-, I might just shave it just in honor of him there's that um also when it comes to fantasy football since we need to talk about that this isn't an award this is more so a congratulations to lou for absolutely whipping my ass he <laughs> he he whipped my ass this year and, and I, I lost so I lost so bad that even at the beginning of the game, it said I was going to lose. And then it said, you know what? You might go up by two points. And then I lost by 50. Who the fuck loses by 50 points in fantasy football? That's disgusting. That's egregious, right? So I, I just had the right players on the Oh, go ahead. Right. I was going to say I, I, I got lucky with, with the players that I had in there uh, this week. Uh, a lot of them did good for me, so. Absolutely. That's it. And my my final award for the week is the Bill O'Brien You Know You Done Fucked Up Right Award. And it's for every team that was supposed to win this week that lost. Now, obviously, there were a lot of sports that happened. I think UFC is this weekend, so we can completely, like, deal with that next Monday. But I'm going to talk about, really quick, the teams who knew they fucked up. The Vegas Raiders had the lead the entire game, and they lost to Tennessee by two. Um, the Indianapolis uh, Indianapolis Colts beat the Kansas Actually, City no, Chiefs. The, the Raiders did not have to lead the entire game, but they did make a they did make a comeback. When when I say the Raiders had the lead, they were the better team from kickoff till zero zero zero, and you lost uh, to the makes, Tennessee makes Titans. Sense. Makes sense. Um, makes also. Sense. In in the game that really wasn't the upset, but you know what? It makes me feel better because now I am already on track to hit my margin for our predictions that we made, what, three months ago about the football predictions? When Q told me that Miami wouldn't win more than six games, we we're halfway there, motherfucker. There you go. So I never um, said that. Hold on. I never said that. When I, when I, I told Q, Q, what was the, if, you have your, if you have your notes... For while I'm talking with the rest of the awards, anyway, you could tell I us. No, 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 no. Okay. Q, hold on, hold on. Okay. If you could tell, if you could tell me what your over under was for the Miami Dolphins for the year, and when so I told you, I mean, the, so their over under at the time was seven wins. I said over. You said under. But I, I said over. I said over, they would win mm-hmm. eight games, but they would not be uh-huh. a playoff team. Yes. You also they, said that they the Houston, would not be a play. You also said that the Go Houston ahead. Texans would be under five games, right? So you're almost going to lose that, right? How am I almost going to lose that? Houston is 0-2-1. Yes. They, they are they are halfway to a losing season, but you know what? It's going to happen. They're going to win. But let's let's you not talk about that. Let me let me let me finish my awards. Let me let me finish my awards. Um, Keep going. The the Detroit Lions absolutely are studs, and I don't want to hear from anybody any differently. 
They are really good. So yes, I'm absolutely wrong on the Lions. Okay, next. Keep going. Thank you. Um, I think we all collectively need to apologize about the Cincinnati Bengals. We all said they were going to win 11 games. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible for them to win 11 I mean, games. They're one and two. They, they, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that yet. But early returns suggest that I may be very wrong. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Um, Seattle won. I'm sorry. No, Atlanta won. Seattle is Seattle. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to. And Lou, I want Lou to help me with this. And I, I, Q, you can give your opinion later. Lou, do you feel like Russ needed Seattle, or do you feel like Seattle is better without Russ? Seattle needed Russ. Yeah, I, yeah, Seattle needed Russ. And do, do you feel like without Russ, they, they were a better team with someone else? No. No. Not at all. Not at all. I okay. think Seattle, <clears throat> I think Denver will eventually get over their rut once Russ mm-hmm. fully integrates himself with the team and he, full, and he fully trusts his receivers. Now you have to you have to remember, like going from DK Metcalf and, and Tyler and Tyler, um, Tyler Lockett. His name is Tyler Lockett is different than going from Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. I mean, going to J- Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and whoever the fuck else Denver has. Mm-hmm. It's like going. Being married to someone for ten years and then have to being married to someone and then, and in Russell Wilson's case, a team for ten years. This is what I'm going through right now, being divorced. Going for someone you know all of their strengths, deficiencies, and everything. That's Russ in Seattle. Going mm-hmm. to going to Denver and you are the new girlfriend on the block. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, it absolutely makes sense. Um, so, so I, I, I think Russ will. I think it will get better, mm-hmm. but it, it's like you 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 off the date you off the dating market for ten years. Yeah, you're now suddenly on the date, dating market, and you don't know how to and you don't know how to bust a nut. Absolutely. You know how to bust a nut, but you don't know how to make your team or make your woman or your partner bust a nut. Uh oh. Oh Lord! Oh, oh Lord! Q. Jesus. No, 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 yeah, I said, yeah, no, no, but I, I said what I said, and it's the fucking truth. Okay. Well, he does, he does um, not know how to make Denver bust a nut right now. Oh, but okay, it's coming. Okay. All right, all right. My last, my last award for the night, Jesus. Um, <laughs> the Will Smith "I'll Slap You Like Chris Rock" award is going to every single fucking person. Who decided that J Lo should have had her own Super Bowl halftime show instead of Rihanna? Because now, guess what? Rihanna is having her own halftime show by herself. I don't want to hear people say her and Mariah Carey. I don't want to hear people say her and Sting. She is headlining. Rihanna, the, the, she's headlining the show. Yeah, but. absolutely. Um, which to me, to me, in my personal opinion, I feel like the halftime show. 
is a little bit long. It runs long in the tooth. But a Rihanna one, I don't mind it. They did Beyonce, they did Shakira and J Lo, they did a Bruno Mars. I feel like they're hitting all the top pop stars in you know in the most recent five years. Now, does that but mean? Also, but probably? also, Greg, Greg, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is the first year. Like you know, Pepsi was the was the key was the headline sponsor of the Super Bowl halftime show. It's now mm-hmm. Apple Music and Rock Nation. So of course. Rihanna exactly. was going to get because she, yeah, we know Jay Z. She's the biggest she one on the headliner yeah. of Rock Nation. Yeah, which I trust me, I don't mind. I I really much so appreciate it. But when it comes to me, um, I feel like the halftime show. We I don't want to say we don't need it anymore. It, it just doesn't need to be that long. Just make the fucking halftime show it's be like the, the commentary. Yeah. Oh, 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 thank you. Thank, thank you for bringing it up because that was my second point. Some things do need a shake up. We already talked about, you know, during the basketball season, the All Star Game needed a shake up, and Lou was absolutely right in everything he said about the All Star Game for the NBA needed to be a shake up. So I'm going to add my little personal take with the Pro Bowl. Now that they've announced it, they are doing what the NBA did with the shake up of like you know having like the the skills challenges and stuff like that. The NFL. Now, knowing that they have this, they really need to start considering the Hall of Fame because if they're no longer doing Pro Bowls, there are a lot of people who are in the Hall of Fame only because of how many Pro Bowl appearances that they made. Do those count now? Mm, that's a good question. So, so, that, that is a good. That is a great question. And that's something we can discuss next week. Yes, yes. Please put that on the docket because that that shit matters to me so much. Because it's like, okay, Shaquille Griffin going to be in the Hall of Fame because he made a pro? No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But, I mean, those are my talking points. It's also, it's fuck Kyrie Irving forever in a Saturday. So there's that. Um, Kevin Durant, I hope he cuts his hair. Um, When it comes to the NBA, I don't know what's going on there right now. I hope that in the UFC, um, people are actually watching. Dana White is actually losing fighters from retirement. Uh, I think it's not this weekend, but next weekend, I'm going to share my password with Q and Lou. Actually, I think Q will probably be at my house that Saturday. We are going to watch Logan. We are going to watch Logan Paul and Anderson Silva fight in a boxing match. Is is that so? So, Greg, is that the weekend of October eighth? No, this the weekend after. It's the weekend after. Oh, oh, then the weekend after, yes. I told me yes. hey, that's homecoming. Yeah, yeah I'm yes. not going to. Uh, I, I love you to death, but no, I'm not going to be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would never ask you to miss homecoming. But the one thing I can't miss is a Logan Paul or a Jake Paul fight where they fight somebody who honestly should whoop their ass and they end up beating them. That is top tier TV. So. Okay. And I'm going to call. I'm going to call Lou. I'm going to just give him the passwords, like sign in and watch this, because nobody should pay sixty five dollars to watch that bullshit. So yeah, that's that's trash. That's trash. I'm sure I can well, probably find. I had to I had awards, but listen, like, tonight, look, look, um, I'm finishing my my this, this courage ring, and I might have one moment before I get to go to fuck home. God bless my wallet. And God bless my checking account. Um, But anyway, let's, before we close out, 
let's do let's do our four predictions for next for week four. All right, and I'm I'm pulling them up right now. Pulling them up right now, and I'm just going to choose four random games. No commentary, just just pick. <laughs> Got it. All right. The first game, the Miami Dolphins versus the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night. Who do you have? Miami. Okay, we have one for Miami. Greg, what about Miami. you? Miami. I am going to go. Oh, this is a fucking toss-up. But I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, baby. Even though I am a fan of Tua Tagovailoa. But I'm going with with Cincinnati. All right. In the one o'clock window, the best game... Jesus. You know what? The Washington Commanders versus the Dallas Cowfucks. I mean, Cowboys. Who do you have? Whoever doesn't watch that game. <laughs> Jesus fuck. I'll take Dallas. Take Dallas? Mm-hmm. You know what? I think the entire Commanders team was thoroughly embarrassed by what the performance they put up against the against the Eagles yesterday in week three. I'm going with the commanders. You're not allowed to. Right. You have to wait till after week four. No, no he has to. All right, all right. I'm going with, all right, all right. Different game. Fuck y'all. Anyway. <laughs> said different Different game. one o'clock game. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's do that. Philly. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. All right. The four o'clock window. There's four. Actually, there's two games. No, I'm sorry. There's three games in the four o'clock window. Let's go with the one that looks the best. The Denver Broncos versus the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. Oh, God. That's going to be another shit show. Um, I'm just going to go with Vegas because why not? Vegas, okay. No, what about you? I already said Denver. All right, I'm going with. Uh, I'm going. Actually, you know what? I'm going against Denver and going with Vegas. I, I need Vegas to get their their first win of the season because I'm tired of seeing. Devontae Adams being pissed off. And it, 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 yeah, so I'm going with Vegas. All right, so for the last game, we can even choose. We can choose between either Sunday Night Football, which is Broncos, uh, not the Broncos Raiders, Kansas City versus Tampa Bay, or Monday Night Rams versus the 49ers. I'd rather do Monday Night. Greg, what, what what do you say? I'm sorry. What was the game again? So, either Sunday night, which is Kansas City versus Tampa Bay, which may not happen because 
Hurricane Ian is barreling down on Tampa Bay right now. So that game may not happen. Or it may happen either in Kansas City or at an alternate stadium. So you know what? We're going with Monday night. Monday night. Dang, for me. Los Angeles Rams versus the <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Rams. I'm gonna go with I'm going with the 49ers for that game, but I had a perfect segue. Um and I'll just say it because I, I was very entertained. Um what's gonna happen ver- uh first? Brady winning his next game or Brady filing for divorce from Giselle. So I need Brady to get another win. So Ooh, Okay. Okay. That, that's a so damn we good are question. The, that, that is, is a, a damn, damn good that question. Is, that is a very good question. That's a very good question. But if you want to focus on the Monday Night Football game, because we all agree to that. So I am going to say Right, the North, the Los Angeles Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. I am going in an upset special. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and the 49 the San Francisco 49ers at home at Levi Stadium. Levi Stadium is going to defeat the Los Angeles Rams 31. To I love that. I love that take. But let me ask you a question. What was the NFL thinking about Trey Lance where they gave him back-to-back Sunday night footballs and Monday night football games? It was on his deck. They wanted to showcase his talent. Agreed. So, thank you. No, great position, great show. Um, first, let me start as we end the show tonight. Thank you so much, Dan. Dan Rod, the founder of the sports on the hashtag sports on stereo, hashtag here on stereo, for joining us for 25 minutes of glorious football conversation and hot takes. Thank you so much. Second, thank you. Find an Irishman. I can't. I hope that's your name. Thank you so much for your comments about the the our NFL um, comments, NFL NFL section, and especially about that goddamn team in Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you again. Definitely appreciate you. Please definitely um, come back. You are welcome anytime. Um, when we when the sports desk is here every Monday, eight thirty, nine o'clock, sometimes eight o'clock, whatever. Whenever we're live, please come on. Special thank you and and well wishes on 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 a speedy recovery to our other co-host Cashley. Get well soon. Love you. Get well soon. My thanks to my two incredible co-hosts. My brother, Greg, you know, I love you forever. Lou, always special love to you. Yes, sir. Um, special, a special guest, to, a special thank you to the one that is going to be editing this podcast and getting it ready to be published. Ian, 
I'm sorry that we were all in special different places and not in quiet spaces. And thank you so much for making, for always making our show worthy of people listening. Thank you again. Thank you to everyone that, that listened live. And a thank you to everyone else. Happy Monday. Happy week. We love you. We care about you. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing week. Please follow us on our social on our social media um, accounts for the show. On Twitter, we are at YB Bothered. On Instagram, we are at Young Black Pod. Have an amazing week. We will see you next Monday for another for another amazing episode talking about week four of the NFL season here on the best goddamn sports show on stereo, the Young Black and Bonnet Podcast. Have a great night. Have a great week. We will see you next Monday. Good night, everyone. Peace out, Joe. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.